Hi, Dad. Hi, Celine. Did you know that you and I are about the same age if you count time living in the world? What do you mean? Well, as you know, I left a high-control religious group around the time you were born. So you're in your 20s then? <laughs> well, maybe in my head. The thing is, though, because I had all of my beliefs about morals, science, politics, religion, philosophy provided for me, I spent the last 25 years trying to work out what I should think about a whole bunch of stuff and work out what's going on. No one knows what's going on, Dad. <laughs> well, I think it's about time we did. What Should I Think About is a podcast that sets off on a lofty goal to make sense of the complicated, contradictory, confusing but wonderful thing we call the world. Hello and welcome to the What Should I Think About podcast. I'm Celine, And I'm Stephen. So welcome to What Should I Think About. Welcome to the episode where we want to talk about a film so we find a contentious, tedious way <laughs> of making it so we can talk about film. <laughs> Not tedious, tenuous maybe. No, yes, not tedious. Uh, yeah. yeah, sorry. <laughs> it was oh. not tedious. <laughs> tenuous. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, well, I guess so, although um, I actually think it's really relevant. Uh, so we're going to talk about Whiplash, yeah. aren't we? The film yeah. Whiplash. Um, so by the time you hear this, hopefully you'll have got the message through Twitter and various other means. And that we'll we have watched the movie. Yeah, we'll be doing this. So Homework. Did you do your homework? Homework, yeah. Now, if you haven't, that's fine. Um, but you will get a failing grade, but it is there, <laughs> And there will be spoilers. So mm-hmm. if you're really worried about it and you want to see it, then obviously uh, just you know, pause it, listen to a different one, or mm-hmm. go watch Whiplash and come back. Do you, do you want a cool fact before we start? Go for it. I listened to some interviews with the lead actors and the director. Nice. And the director said, yeah. and interestingly, it is this story inspired by the director's um, personal experience as a jazz drummer oh, really? and um, someone that apparently still gives him nightmares his conductor really mm. so that's Damien Chazelle the yes. uh, writer director yeah he said he still gives him nightmares really? yeah that's really interesting and then you know apparently the other musicians are playing in the band that are mm. actually just you know they're generally yeah. musicians they're not actors they're not even right. some of them hadn't even read the script they were just there to play what they were told to play <laughs> yeah. and be conducted basically um so their reactions are quite honest <laughs> and also um kind of sad but the guy um that plays fletcher uh what's mm. his name the actor um, jk simmons yeah simmons he was like um it's kind of sad when he says it but he was like yeah they react quite naturally but he was like i suppose it's because they're kind of used to people like fletcher he like mm. conducted he was like it's not uncommon so that's interesting um i've not i have heard before the music scene is like especially the, the sort of jazz classical like high you know highbrow music scene can be quite terrifying <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, I, I guess so. There's a lot of, uh, um, I think there's a lot of abuse in things like ballet and, um, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, those sorts of things. I know jazz it's is highbrow but... arts. Yeah, highbrow yeah. arts. Well, not, is a... Would you call jazz highbrow? I'm not sure, but it's... I think jazz is quite highbrow. Okay. I would say so because, like, in terms of who's listening to it, it's like mm. you sit there and you sip on your wine and a cheese and wine party and listen to jazz, <laughs> don't you? It's like highbrow. 
you know, when you're like, oh, I read, I read Austin, and I don't read, I don't read, um, you know, whatever the the, the bestseller is of today. It's that kind yeah. of. That's what I mean in terms of highbrow, and lowbrow. It, yeah, it's more kind of thoughtful and um, mm. serious. That's what I suppose. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And people like to say, oh, I like jazz. <laughs> you know, it's um in that in that sense. That's yeah, what I, mean. I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's like highbrow clout. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's because it's serious. I suppose the mm-hmm. um, the 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 aim to for perfection is mm-hmm. is all the more. I guess you get the same in in chef, with chefs in kitchens, yeah. and uh, it's this strive to perfection maybe creates this um, this single mindedness and uh, yeah, exactly this um, this uh, forgetting of of mental states in in pursuit of perfection. Yeah, lack of empathy, all of those those mm-hmm. things. I mean, there might also be some. Uh, I think this is a subject for another podcast. Actually, I was reading mm-hmm. an article about. Uh, well, they call it pathocracy, which is the mm-hmm. idea that you get pathological um, sort of leadership in in politics right. and stuff. Um, but maybe I thought you can say it's hypo- hypocritical perfectionism or something. Then I was like trying no. to work out what the combo was. But... No, it's like pathological leadership, I suppose, essentially. But yeah. there, there's, it mm-hmm. seems to be mm-hmm. certain domains attract people who are, mm. um, well, maybe bordering on or actually being psychopaths you know uh, so there's quite a big discussion mm. around that it's quite interesting anyway let's let's get on to the maybe we'll delve into that but yeah, for now for now examples please we are talking about the film whiplash um it's one of it my favorite gen- films when i do this when we do this it does genuinely feel like i've gone back to uni and that you get like a film and then yeah. you're like so t- today we're going to talk about um cultic environments using media examples um <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah so that's what today is. Welcome to a media uh, a media <laughs> experience. <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, media I mean, it, it, it's nice to look through, look at films. You can just review it, but mm-hmm. if you if you review a film or look at a film through a particular lens, it kind of mm-hmm. makes it even yeah. more interesting. And and yeah, yeah. Um, I think the last time I watched Whiplash just for pleasure, I uh, yeah, it, it occurred to me that so much of what um, this this character Fletcher, who is the the band leader of a of a school that's called Shaver. Yeah, and uh, they're training the next generation of jazz musicians, um, effectively. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a couple of classes we get to see. One a kind of nice class where the uh, the instructors, which is considered pleasant. the third, you know, or second class. Isn't yeah. It, you know? Uh, yeah, you know, in terms of when you're in sets at school, I suppose it's the same. In and, in and I think it's seen as a. F- yeah, it's seen as a feeder um, mm-hmm. class, really, for the for the main yeah. group, which you is headed by Fletcher. Who might be good, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, and, of course, you can tell the difference. You know, it's, it is very different. You can hear the difference, but I want to come back to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Fletcher, who mm-hmm. is the uh, the instructor, the leader, the, the I suppose in many ways one of the main the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the conductor. He is played by J.K. Simmons. Um, just completely... By the by, Fletcher is the name of a teacher I had at school, Miss Fletcher, who was absolutely mm. terrifying. Um, I've never forgotten her, so that that brought back some memories. Um, but he has this character that we'll we'll discuss, and then we've got Andrew, a young guy, loves jazz. Very, he's a drummer. He, he is very focused already, mm-hmm. and he already has, uh, you know, Ambitions. an ambition. Yeah. 
to be a, a great drummer. But he um, starts so that's off already lot, there. Yeah, he's he's um he has lots of ambition, but he still seems nice and you know an awkward young lad. <laughs> you know, he's got levels yeah. to him of other personality traits, but ambition is definitely present. That absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And at this school, obviously, everybody wants to be part of this main group. They want, they want to be part of of uh, Fletcher's yeah. group. Although anyone at this school must be desiring to be a musician. Like they're not just doing absolutely. music; they like music. They want to yeah. do music. Yeah, and and this Fletcher, he has a certain aura about him. He is, I think, quite charismatic a word we've used before and yeah, go back to previous episodes if you want to uh, listen to what we've talked about with charisma. Um, But yeah, he's got a lot of the hallmarks of of charisma. Mm -hmm. He's very confident. He also, we talked about the way that charismatic leaders align people's uh, initial or existing values with the the group's values or the Mm -hmm. team's values, Mm -hmm. or if it's a cult with the cult's values and vice versa and uh yeah he certainly he certainly does that um yeah so so basically these are all all these and they're mainly guys so it's quite a macho environment there are some uh, young women there but they are very much the minority the the environment is like a locker room environment there's a lot of quite unpleasantness around it and um, unpleasant language yeah um, that's right in terms of just like um sort of abusive or un, unkind um yeah even homophobic language yeah, is used which is not uncommon in yeah these locker room type situations unfortunately but that is 100 percent present absolutely yeah and so all the principal characters are are men um uh, young guys and it is a very yeah. although yeah. these are artists it's a very macho environment it which is. is is kind of weird uh yeah and the the character of the band, um, certainly the, the the band that Simmons and that Fletcher manages, uh, the character of the band is very much a reflection of him. Mm-hmm. So I think it, um, from a leadership and management perspective, you know, thinking about my other job, my day job, um, I think it, it's a very interesting point that, you know, managers, leaders very much influence the culture of the team uh, and the, the organisation that they're heading up. And so, you know, the way that they talk to each other is often quite, as you say, very rude and um, uncouth. And, you know, there's, there's a very clear structure there. So, so Andrew Naiman, the, the principal character of, of our film, he yeah. goes in as a understudy, essentially, to another drummer. And uh, okay. he's treated by this drummer in the same way that Fletcher would have treated him. You know, it's just turn my pages and do this and do that. And he's, he's very unkind to him. Very, um, you know, there's no, there's no niceness. There's no camaraderie. Mm-hmm. And I think this is something that Fletcher is, is creating because he, he's he wants to have the, all the control. Yeah, yeah. Everybody is unkind. He doesn't want anybody to, he doesn't want them to join together and be against right. him. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I suppose one of the the questions that we ought to raise is, you know, is this a cult? Um, And that was a question that I was asking myself as Mm. I was watching it. Um, And I'm still not quite sure. Well, I think we can just sort of discover that or we can decide what we think about that. Um, It's certainly got cultic elements, though. It's got cultic elements. I would say it's a coercive relationship. It's an abusive relationship. Absolutely. Um, I don't necessarily think... um, 
necessarily it's a cult, but it has like cultic elements that we can talk about. Yeah, um, definitely. That are interesting to talk about in the way that like, um, yeah, but 100% coercive and abusive. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's quite a few interesting scenes that, that start to make you think about the, the way that cults operate and the way that this, this uh, character is, is operating. So the, there's one scene where Fletcher recognises that there is a, a bum note. Somebody's playing slightly out of tune and he stops everything. And he's uh, basically on the hunt now for whoever it is that's playing out of tune. And he, he gradually... Thing, though, he does know who's out of tune. Well, he just wants them to tell him who's out of tune. Yeah, so he's so maybe it's yeah, it's performative, I guess. And it is absolutely performative. You know, he's because gradually whittling leaves, down. Yeah, and when the guy leaves, he's like, actually, it was you, but he thought it was him yeah. and that was bad enough. And, yeah, you know, so it's all... It's all mind games and like well, that's my point. you could be gone sort of thing, you know. Yeah, that's that's the reason he's doing this. It's um I mean it doesn't even actually make much difference, as you say, whether it's this guy or this guy. It's all about control and power. And he wants to be uh reinforcing that constantly. Mm-hmm. And that yeah, he he picks on a guy that yeah, isn't actually out of tune, but he forces him to admit that he is. Mm-hmm. Um obviously dismisses he's him. He's afraid, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, uh, you know, makes the point that actually it wasn't you. It was uh, it was you, Ericsson. You you were the guy, um, <laughs> and that's bad enough. You know, the fact that he didn't know it wasn't him is bad enough. So, you know, you know what else is interesting? I just thought with this, you know how sometimes the characters will, um, they all seem to want to impress the uh, impress yeah. him. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's yeah, this yeah. like desire to impress and make him proud of them and I was like yeah. it sounds a lot like what um we were talking about in terms of uh the book um the book love and terror and mm. brainwashing yeah um in terms of attachment style misuse or you know in the yeah. sense that you're going to them for support but they're the thing that brings you terror yeah I think that's right um yeah it's funny you say that actually I, I wrote that down in my notes there's mm-hmm. there's quite an interesting element um around attachment here actually uh I think the other, the other character in the film is is Naaman, Andrew Naaman's father. Yeah. Um, his mum, she disappears person. off the scene when he's a child. Um, so he's been raised by his dad. Um, and his dad is a lovely guy. And yeah. they have a fantastic relationship. Um, and I think, you know, that's the saving grace for him, really. He has this uh, secure base. There's a scene at the end where it's all, you know, he, he basically... Um, Fletcher's organized it so he has a disaster and he, he he goes to his dad and gives his dad a hug and his his dad's there for him and that is like that going back to your secure base and he he has that moment right and now he goes back to to finish his set with you mm. know which is the end of the film actually mm-hmm. um so I think that's quite interesting yeah um obviously it's not love he feels it's not love they feel for Fletcher no. but it is admiration it is they want you know at one point um they want Namus dad says it means a lot to you, doesn't it? What he thinks, and yeah. absolutely it does. They want him to be proud, and yeah, and yeah, he. Well, the reason I say about it as well is because he does that thing where he gets, he takes Namus aside, and mm. he gets him to tell him like a personal yeah. story about himself yeah. to like build kind of closeness, and then yeah, just like abuses him for the next n hours, you know. Yeah, that's right. Um, so there is this, yeah, um, being there to provide closeness, and then being there to like hurt you 
Well, that's right. And so he's building that relationship, but also he's getting information that he can use and he does use later. So it's at this point that Naaman tells him about his mum, how she left and uh, his dad's raised him and his his dad is a a teacher at school and um, he's got all this information now that he's going to use later. Um, and, And he's also, so this is in the intermission when he just, he says, right, name, you're on next sort of thing takes five and and uh, mm. that's when he has this conversation so this is the first time that Naaman is going to play in the band mm-hmm. and so he's he's creating this feeling of um, safety you know oh yeah don't worry about it you know c- come on it's your turn now and we'll play it at half tempo and we'll um, yeah just do your best and that sort of thing um, and he's he's setting him up obviously for this moment but one of the things that um, Fletcher does tell Naaman during this intermission is about this story about how Charlie Parker um, had a symbol thrown at his head um, and it was that that kind of uh, made him all the better and so actually what happens in the next scene is that Fletcher reenacts that scene mm-hmm. throws he, a chair at him. he throws a chair at him and he, he um, yeah and uh, so I think that's that's quite interesting so th- there is a, a calculating element definitely which is something that bullies often do you know sometimes bullies are just thugs but other times bullies are very calculating in what they do, and, and Fletcher is definitely one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's at this scene where we get the well, it's it's quite uncomfortable, really. The the scene where actually there's a line crossed here, where initially it's all verbal abuse for everybody, uh, but it's at this scene that you, it starts to move into physical abuse. So this is the one where he's slapping him on the face mm-hmm. and saying, am I dragging or am I rushing? Mm-hmm. And um, he has to he has to tell him whether he's dragging or rushing. But obviously he's being he's being physically abused during this, this process. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's breaking him. You know, he's breaking Naaman. He's breaking him. Uh, very, very calculating and obviously very unpleasant. Yeah, that's um, yeah stuff like this that makes it seem cultic. I suppose something to to just to kind of draw a light on is that there's all these people just watching, mm. and they're just like, mm, like, "This is horrible," but like, this is what happens mm. in this room. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like um, you know, when people are like confused as to why, like you know, um, when we've talked mm. about stuff like that, Donna was talking about why is no one doing anything? It's like because mm. it's like the culture. Yeah. The culture of this place is that that's what happens and that's, that's okay. Right. Yeah. Um, and like it's not, but you know, it's been established that that's what happens and that this is, you know, this is just part of it. Yeah, that's right. There's a scene a bit later in the film where the, the, he's, he's deciding which drummer is going to actually earn the part. There's three of them all trying to play a vie for this part. And uh, basically he just dismisses everybody else and, and just concentrating on these three. And he's just, you know, constantly beating them and um, verbally abusing them. Um, and you can you can hear, uh, so a little, nice little shot to the bathroom where some of them are just taking a break and having a, uh, washing their face and stuff. And, you know, you can see on their face, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, well, they shake their head and it's uh, like a look of, this isn't right but yeah you're right no nobody does anything everybody accepts it and even Naaman when he's given the opportunity to say something after mm-hmm. after he's left he's very resistant he does in the end but he's very resistant to uh, actually say anything so yeah it's, mm-hmm. it's quite difficult for them to speak up 
Um, yeah, you get that. Um, and just going back to the scene where he's really breaking him with the smacking him around the face and saying, am I, am I rushing or am I dragging? So this, the rushing and dragging relates to the tempo. So, you know, is he, is he rushing on the one or is he dragging on the one or, uh, you know, and that's, that's what he's trying to get him to recognize. Um, but the lesson right at the end is he says, start practicing harder. So this isn't Fletcher losing his cool. This is him purposely um, abusing this guy because he wants to get a message across to him. Mm -hmm. And that message is, do more practice. The The thing is, even if this particular group, we're not going to call a cult, he is a cult leader if you know what i mean yeah he is the perfect candidate to be a cult leader do you know what i mean in that and and people i think maybe think oh he's not charismatic enough to do that but just because you're you know it's a film and it's condensed so you see the 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 badness more clearly and more starkly and you're not in it you know what i mean but when you're you know they're providing what you want so you know a lot of times cults you know, for or life forever because your, you know, maybe your family members died, so they offer that as an opportunity, and that gets you into the court. With this, it's like, oh, I will, I will give you your dreams and aspirations. You just have to do what I tell you to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's a. I think it's a systematic. So if we think about cults, they are systematic mm-hmm. in their approach, and that's what makes them different in many respects to just abusive relationships or bullies. Mm-hmm. And again, you have to say, although I, like you, I'm very resistant to call this a cult because I think it misses on some of the important elements. I think it's a lot of these things. It really does tick those boxes. You know, it is systematic. It's not just an abusive relationship. It is a systematic manipulation of a person to get him to do certain things so straight after this scene where he's he's done all the slapping um name and then it's an agonizing scene it's the practice 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 bleeding Bleeding hands putting him in ice um it's it's he breaks up with his girlfriend yeah i mean that comes a little bit later but again that's and again if you think about cults um part of the method of cults is to Isolate. strip you isolate you strip you of your contacts isolate you remove your support system um now he's not told by fletcher that he has to get rid of his girlfriend mm. but again the message is focus focus yeah. focus you're not often told regardless of um if it's an abusive relationship or a, or a cult they don't often say you know directly like you should you should d- directly do this to try and make it feel like your idea do you know what i mean like that i guess that often happens i mean some groups they do yeah they i mean in jehovah's say, witnesses they do say um, yeah. reduce your uh don't, attachments don't and stuff. Yeah, but exactly. but you know I, I guess like in the sense of they, they don't always say directly but they say you know oh if to be spiritual or to be have a good spiritual relationship with jehovah let's say you should be careful with your associations. Yes, yes. And then you read in between the lines, which is don't don't hang around yeah. with worldly people. No, that's right. So that's what I mean. So it's kind of yeah. like 
be he, he you know the way that he talks to him is like don't be wasting time you don't have time to waste and yeah. you extrapolate that out to yeah. girlfriends are a waste of time do you know what i mean so it's like and then it feels like yeah his decision and i guess that's how because people don't they like to feel like they make their own decisions so i guess you know um witnesses might not agree that they're told to they're told to do something they feel like they're doing the right thing because and they've made their decision to do the right thing if you know what i mean yeah no i i do understand that otherwise if if you can make somebody believe that it's it's their decision their choice then obviously that's a more powerful way of doing it Mm -hmm. and yes the the messages aren't quite as as stark as you know this is a list of the people that you need to stop associating with um but yes the the message is clear and um, people Mm -hmm. receive that message but yeah it it feels like it's part of their own decision making process again that's Mm -hmm. that's a very cultic way to do things Mm -hmm. Mm um so yeah we go through this i think what we're what we're observing in the film is is the ever reducing of naaman's outside uh, social world and we have a scene with his relatives where he to be honest he acts a bit of a jerk doesn't he, is, he? Yeah. um with uh <laughs> i mean that yes sure I think they're also a bit jerk of course i think he takes it further and yeah you know, the way that normally with family we need to we... explain what we're talking about <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's not just you and me you know we are talking on a podcast no, it's just you and me um okay so he had there's a family dinner isn't yes. there and yeah. there's you know um Uncle, I think is there an aunt as well? Or is it just the uncle? Yeah, aunties there, uncles there, and an uncle, a couple of the, cousins, cousins, yeah. and they're talking about how good the cousins are. Yeah, and I suppose the backdrop to this is a lot of artists. Until you're like literally famous, yeah, people are like art is a waste of time. That's right. And these people kind of give that energy that they're, they're like, oh yeah, well Andrews, yes, he's at that conservatory, but I mean, it's not going to do anything for him. You know, yeah. that's whatever. Yeah. Um, and I think with everything that's going on he just kind of snaps and there's just and um maybe stuff that's underneath that normally he keeps in check i feel like yes. there's a things that he thinks every yes. dinner party he's never yeah. said it before and he yeah. just lets it all out and it's yeah. like maybe because yeah he's psychologically being bent and broken and he just and also other people's opinions just don't matter anymore he only really cares about fletcher's opinion and exactly. These people are no people. They're nothing. People who exactly. cares what they think. Yeah, and he just and lets that's rip. the point. Yeah, that's the point. Yeah, I, I think you know. There's definitely there's definitely an argument for the problem of some some uh, careers, some pursuits being seen as more important than others. And and at the end of the day, the problem is is they just don't understand what Naaman's doing. They don't understand yeah. that scene. They understand football, but they don't understand mm-hmm. jazz music. And so that's part of the problem. Actually that just on the side, that reflects uh one of Damien Chazelle's um constant beats on his films including mm-hmm. la la land is people don't understand jazz yeah um so i think there's a bit of something there i feel like he's been in that uh in mm-hmm. that dinner party um i think as artists we've all been at that dinner party yes yeah where yeah. you're just like yeah we're doing it. and they're like oh so how much money are you making it's like thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right so um, there's definitely that but yeah he's He's quite willing and happy to essentially burn those bridges um, with yeah. his family. Which um, maybe without yeah. being influenced by a cultic I, I, situation, absolutely. he wouldn't yeah. have. Because like I right. said, he there's a few points where you're like, this is not the same boy that was, you know, yeah. willing to, um, you know, sprinkle those chocolates around in the popcorn that he doesn't like. 
for yeah. his dad versus the yeah. guy that's like, you know, telling his girlfriend we should break up because you're gonna basically I think you're gonna be a waster and you'll make me a waster and uh, yeah. um, you know, you and your football dreams, you're gonna end up like mm. a rubbish teacher somewhere. Also yeah. the fact that he chooses teacher to say maybe is reflective yeah. of the fact that yeah, Fletcher's made him feel um yeah. less than because his dad's a teacher. I don't yeah. know. Um, I think so. Absolutely. That's it, the, it's yeah. like words coming out of his mouth that have been put there by somebody else in that regard. Um, which again is very cultic. You know, when you speak to a relative that's, you know, been, been told to shun you and they they explain why, and you're like, that doesn't sound like you. That doesn't sound like them. Absolutely. No, I think that's right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, so it's, I think we, we definitely, yeah, you're right. We definitely see a change in in name and he's he's but nothing that he does is ever going to be good enough and again this is a this is a tactic of abusers uh, and people who are coercively controlling somebody else is that that they make the other person feel useless can't do anything you know i think this happens in coercive uh, relationships um you know, you're useless. I don't know why I stay with you. Um, it, it's that sort of making him feel and making everybody feel useless. Um, and that, that puts and them like at that weakened state. They won't do anything without him. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Because he is not the only way that people become musicians, but they, they, the way they act is like, this is the only opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's something I thought about. Um, when, when he, so there's a scene where it, it, it's the worst scene. It's a horrible scene where he's going, he, he earns the part and they're going to this show where this competition, mm-hmm. um, and he's late and he's late because the bus broke down and he tried to get a car and the, he crashes the car and then he, he's left, he'd left his drumsticks behind. He has to go. And the poor guy is in an absolute state. Um, and obviously, that's where he, he, he loses it and, and attacks uh, Fletcher in the middle of this competition. So it's all kind of, it's all over at this point, but, but you, you see a scene where Naaman is throwing his pictures away. He's, he's basically given up on his dream mm-hmm. and you think, why is he thinking that, you know, this is just one. Yes. Okay. It's a, it's an important school, but it's just one school. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me there's nowhere else in the world that, that yeah. he could, he could actually make it. So I think that's, yeah, you're right. That's being created in him by this cultic type of group to make you believe that this is the one true place. This is the yeah. only way you're going to achieve what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, that's again in shown by the fact that, you know, at, at the middle to end of the film, uh, Fletcher is, fired because you know he is found for i guess very lightly considered misconduct um Mm. so he's fired for misconduct but um you know he gives um andrew uh, Naaman the opportunity to play in his band yeah and he oh yeah straight away do you know what i mean like well they they meet up so he um andrew Naaman sees him playing piano in a in a bar and um and then they get to talking, and which is, I think is a very interesting scene. So this is where it's another one of those charisma scenes. <laughs> it is. This is where Fletcher actually explains his perspective on why he behaves the way he does, and it's it's really to 
create this, you know, one of the greats, a next Charlie Parker, a next Buddy Rich. That's what he's trying to do. And he's doing it that way because he hates the word or the phrase good job. You know, he doesn't want people to settle for mediocre. He wants them to strive for excellence. And that his way of doing that is to push and push and push and push. And that's why he, he he's done what he's done. Um, obviously, there's a really interesting conversation that, that happens. And at that moment, they seem like equals. But mm. Fletcher still is manipulating him because he's bringing him back into the band to humiliate him because uh, there's mm-hmm. some pieces that he knows Andrew Naiman won't know and he doesn't tell him. Um, and it's at that moment, obviously, that, that Naiman has to make a decision to really... And he fights back. He does, he fights back. Yeah. Because he yeah. plays his own piece. He just disregards. He does. He, he forces everybody to, to play the, the piece that he wanted to play and he does his drum solo and that's how the film ends. And you get that look of approval from Fletcher yeah. and Naaman is looking for that. And it's that's the moment it It's kind of depressing ends. though. It, yeah. it, when you first watch that film, yeah. I feel like you're like, yeah, yeah great. Yeah, yeah. And then like you watch it again, you're like, oh no. <laughs> he's, un- he's, he's stuck because now that's going to like make him think oh yeah i am great because of him yeah and now i've got to stay with him and he's going to be like even more aggressive to him because he's like oh he is my prodigy i'm going to do everything i can do you know what i mean it's like yeah it's just if anything it's almost like the start of another yeah film where things just go down i mean someone someone told me that but i've not seen this interview but someone said um that that Chazelle said that oh he thinks he'll end up the same way as the uh, trumpet player is it trumpet or trombone yeah is this um, the, the the Casey uh, yeah uh, Sean Casey who takes yeah. his own life yeah, um, yeah. Um, someone said that Brilliant. they think he'll end up like that because he's a success or he was a success he's great yeah. but you know people think that a big reason for his death is because of the sort of like um, abuses he faced. Um, under Fletcher and uh, people have said um, or at least that yeah it's a theory that kind of yeah uh, Andrew Neiman will end up in the same way because it, it's if it were regardless of he, if Fletcher thinks this is how you bring upon greatness the evidence is that it how you bring upon breakdowns yeah yeah I think that's right um, I, I wrote down on my notes what will Neiman become question mark mm. and uh, yeah I think that's right it's it's um yeah he's got him he's absolutely got him and yeah what will he do with him i, yeah. I don't know i, I think that's know. yeah that's yeah. that's true you think he's you think he's won because he chooses to play that piece but it's still yeah. all under his absolutely control yeah and it's not yeah. really about he wants him to do something like that you know yeah yeah that's what he's been pushing him for that's right it's not he's not one he's he's you know fulfilled what yeah fletcher wanted and it and it uh, reaffirms Fletcher's tactics. So um, yeah. he's not going to stop, is he? He's going to no. carry on doing what what he's always it done. Been, it what would have been winning is if he went to a different school, yeah. had a different teacher, mm. and beat like Fletcher at yeah. um, another music competition with a different band. Yeah, you know, grind him to dust. But so, he he wins a competition for Fletcher probably because it was a great performance. Yeah. Absolutely, um, and it, it one of the, the references that I looked up when watching this was the the idea around thought reform. 
So this is uh, Lifton's, Robert J. Lifton's mm-hmm. original work around the way that uh, prisoners of war were, well, he used this term brainwashing, which is uh, is one obviously that's that's developed over time. But um, the fact that, you know, you can really change somebody's way of thinking, somebody's character even, by uh, this systematic manipulation um, and he uh, lifted and list, listed eight different things that are that go into this thought reform. I won't mm-hmm. go through them all, but there's a couple that really stood out there. Uh, one is milieu control, which is around the control of information and communication uh, within the environment, but also within the individual, and it leads to isolation. Um, and I think that's you can see that there's this this way of making him think about who he is and what his purpose is and that it doesn't really require other people to be involved. And this is where the, you know, the isolation comes in. Uh, as also one of them is demand for purity. <laughs> you know, it's got to be perfect. It's strive mm-hmm. for perf- perfection. It's, it's um, you know, do more and more and more to, to get it exactly the way that I want it. Um, there's even sacred science here which is this is the way that you do it it's my way it's this is the way it's it might even be hidden from other people Mm. but it's you know it's this is this is the secret i've got the secret source Mm -hmm. Um, and so i think looking at those eight um, points i won't go through them all but Mm. looking at them i think yeah actually you can see a lot of that brainwashing process going Mm. on whether you call it a cult or not maybe we should do a case study where we go through those eight yeah to explain them if anyone has a particular case study they'd like us to use to go through the um eight brainwashing jigs. yeah i mean we could talk about about the book in in the future i mean that the um it's quite interesting i've i've read the book um it's it's quite hard going because it's it's actually a lot of case studies mm-hmm. of individuals but there are some really interesting elements to it and you see different levels of control some people end up coming out of these uh, these prisons mm-hmm. spouting the communist party line you know really believing it or seeming to really believe it mm-hmm. others seem a bit disorganized they're not quite sure what they think mm-hmm. um and so it's quite it's quite interesting to see how different people responded which which again tells the point that brainwashing is not it, just because not everybody experiences it the same way doesn't mean that it's not a thing mm-hmm. you know this this thought reform isn't it doesn't affect everybody in the same way because there's lots of factors but um but yeah certainly certainly happens something going on there that that needs to be understood Mm. um yeah so i I think it's a really interesting film is it is it a cult or not um I, i think i think we can say that he's an abuser he's both physical and uh mm-hmm. mentally abusing these people his approach is systematic um so it's more than just being nasty or unpleasant he is what he, he is does calculated. he's doing for a reason mm-hmm. um he is trying to reform people's thinking he's making them think in a very specific way down mm-hmm. through the use of fear um and i think your analysis there around the attachment theory is quite is very very interesting he definitely yeah i think there is a good argument for although it might not be love there's certainly admiration and a need to please there 
whilst at the like same a, time being like the source more of, of like fear. A parental yeah. like kind of situation, I would suggest. Yeah. Which is why the attachment theory I think is Works. relevant here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um and and yeah, he he also encourages and creates a situation where whilst he doesn't demand it specifically he, he he is encouraging people to remove other things from their lives their support systems and mm-hmm. their their lives so that they they really only uh, everything's being focused on on him and the group mm-hmm. um so it's hard not to see that in the same way as you would see many other many other cults really um so i think it's very very interesting it is interesting and i wouldn't have necessarily i wouldn't have talked about doing this one because I, I've, I would have found it like maybe tenuous to live. But then when you start actually talking about it, you're right that there is a lot of crossover. Um, it's just one of those ones, I guess it's not as obvious because it's under the guise of um, a college, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's quite um, other other areas, actually. we I was talking to one of my, um, my old university colleagues and... Um, she works a lot in sports psychology right. or sports um, leadership. There's a lot so, of again um, another area ripe and... for it. Yeah, I think we sort of touched on it earlier, but yeah. yeah, and and again you've got very isolated, very driven, um, and in fact that you know some of the abuses, mm-hmm. um, sexual abuses and physical abuses mm-hmm. that we've heard about in the news. Are, are made possible because of this mm-hmm. this very well, isolated existence these young yeah. people have. Well, something that I thought, and I don't necessarily think this is right to think, but I've been like, you know, in regards to filmmaking and stuff, I've been like, um, I just don't think I have the um, the willpower to to do it. Do you know what I mean? In the sense of like to become like a you know a proper big filmmaker because you've got to give your heart and soul and maybe sign over you know n years of your life um you know like to the devil in order yeah. to to get there and it's like maybe that's maybe that doesn't have to be true but it you know you see people that are like this is how i became successful i gave up everything yeah to be this and i'm just like i don't know if i can do that and i don't think i want to do that but yeah. should that be you know in order to become um successful in these particular areas do you have to give everything it's a very good question and and i think it but it's also i think there's a gender element to that as well actually mm-hmm. um and it's one of the things that maybe as um as the industry encourages more women into the creative mm-hmm. side of it you know the the directing producing writing that side mm-hmm. of it um might help everybody because I think um, that's been a that's been a, a concern that you know to some degree men have been able to essentially jettison everything else and um, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe there's an expectation that their partner will pick pick up the rest of the slack you know mm. um, but that's not necessarily what women either want to do or, or can do um no. so there might might be an element there i mean i'm i'm kind of like you i don't i don't actually want to lose myself in anything uh no. in any single thing but i think yeah that if that's been the the standard if that's been what's been required or expected um 
then maybe that's that's changing. Maybe that should change, needs to change, and and possibly is changing. I mean, in in the workplace, there's this thing called um, presentism. I might be getting that wrong, yeah. um, but basically, it's it's that you need to be seen to be there all the time. Mm-hmm. Like we'll always respond to the email. We'll always any time of day drop yeah, anything, which absolutely. is I think even more intense in America because we have some friends mm-hmm. over there that have moved from England and they're like the workplace environment yeah. is so different you are on call all the time yeah if you're not you are not worth being there yeah and uh, uh you know in the days when we used to go to the office um you'd be first there and you'd be last out you know that yeah. and that would be expected if you want to progress you've if got you to want to progress that. exactly um and i think there's something there so yeah maybe that's um maybe that shouldn't be that way um, no, it's i think incredibly it's important to work hard it is yeah. it's incredibly performative though in terms mm. of um we've been doing a lot of studies obviously since working at home and you know these you've done it in your course talking about productivity from working from home yeah you know just because you're um not literally there in the office showing people what you're doing doesn't mean you're not working um it's i guess you know it's by nature quite ableist as well um and this was something that was discussed actually in the house of lords in regards to should um, MPs have to always come into the yeah. physical commons or can they not call in like they have done during the pandemic mm. and represent you know some people um and then and that's you know should extend to other workplaces not just the commons but it's um yeah it's about you know what does stuff look like versus what what it really means I guess you know yeah that's right yeah yeah that's right I think um uh, there, there has to be a balance. I mean, um, again, going back to the film, there's a point where Naaman mm-hmm. says, "You know, is there is there not a line though? You know, is there not a line yeah. where you You've are discouraging, mm-hmm. discouraging the next Charlie yeah. Parker? You know, from actually, and I think that's that. You know, could be true in relation to what you're talking about there. You know, somebody mm-hmm. who's really talented, but isn't able to or doesn't want to spend, mm-hmm. you know, twenty hours a day on a film set every day, yeah. l- leaving their children behind, it, and, no, exactly. and you know. There's this um, narrative that um, I think we're finally sort of opening a dialogue and, and not spouting as much, but anyway, you you can get what you want if you just work hard enough. Yeah. And I just don't, you know, not in a negative way, but I just don't think it's true. And saying that is not healthy for people in terms of like when we discussed resilience, yeah. you know, just blind belief is not, is not healthy. You know, um, you need to have um some some reality and be able to live your life in a way that is is enjoyable i feel like you know i I think so yeah i think so i mean that that's quite it's quite interesting in relation to leaving jw's i think i i probably um fell a bit foul of that because i've Mm -hmm. talked about this before that you know i felt that i was behind and Mm -hmm. i was behind with my studies with my experience you know Mm -hmm. and so if i wanted to focus on career I felt like I had to really catch up. So, mm. yeah, I did a lot more than was expected of me. I would always stay late at work. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, sometimes seven o'clock before I got home yeah. um, in the evening, and I, I, my finishing time was five o'clock. You know, um, I know you were very like stressed and working very hard. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, to yeah, and I think it's difficult to know what you thought as a as a child because obviously i look back on it now with knowledge as an adult having had adult conversations with you and doing this podcast where we're obviously very open and frank um but i think you know yeah as a kid i kind of knew that you were 
working very hard and they yeah. were like i've got to do this but then there was like a um an interesting discrepancy in that you didn't push that on to me which would be easy to do but you would be like you know as long as you've um done your best that's that's okay and things like that yeah. and like you wouldn't measure my my success by how well i did you were like you saw if i'd been revising so like you know i remember we do um exams in year six before we go on to big school as we call it um, <laughs> and and you bought me a nintendo wii i think and, we talked about this didn't we? Yeah, yeah for having yeah. done the work and it didn't mm. matter you know how well i did out of it you knew that i'd worked hard and it was about that so yeah you know it's um you can have multiple um i guess like things going on in your brain can't you you're often mean to ourselves as well yeah i think i think i was worried about um you know making you the miserable person that i was really because mm. i was i was constantly um yeah never never satisfied never happy with my mm-hmm. with anything i was doing really mm-hmm. um so yeah that i think i just wanted to make sure that you didn't yeah. you didn't inherit that yeah but you're um, not like that anymore no no i'm i'm much more chilled now it takes mm-hmm. a bit of time doesn't it part yeah. of the process of of uh, understanding yourself and uh, mm-hmm. and all that and also coming to terms with um you know what really matters i think in life mm-hmm. you know and, and this is i guess going back to things like performing and uh, mm-hmm. being a star and being the greatest jazz drummer in the world and all that sort of thing um yeah you know of course it, it must be great to be so good at something and when you watch the drummer um i mean the actor is miles teller but i think he's doing some of the drumming but then there's other mm-hmm. bits that uh i think are, are are played by a professional drummer there's bits of that film we think wow that must be amazing to be able to do that but then you see a, a clip of him as a little boy playing he's got playing joy. his drums okay. and he loves it he absolutely loves it and he's showing his dad what he can do mm-hmm. and it's gone from that to this thing where he's dipping his hands in ice cold water because his hands are bleeding and mm-hmm. and you think is it worth it you know music mm-hmm. should be a joyful enjoyable thing not just to listen to but surely to play Mm -hmm. and once you lose that I often think about this with sports people as well you know it must be you know getting on your bike and just going for a cycle ride is lovely but if you're a professional cyclist you don't Mm -hmm. love that at all Um, it's your job yeah. it's just it's a shame it's like the professionalization of everything removes the joy from it so I think there's something there as well definitely i did see something recently where people were like just do art because art is is fun as well in that they were like yeah. um you know if you are an artist they're like do something that you're a different art as well that you're like bad at just for fun <laughs> yeah it's like you know i saw someone making like they were like i made this terrible clay pot i'm bad at it but i had a good time you know and yeah. it wasn't pressurized yeah. because you know the the art that they are good at is pressurized now um yeah that's so, right and I think, you know, we we touched on this in the interview with Ryan and Scott from uh, Witness Underground with the fact that, you know, Ryan now loves to play, you know, pick up a saxophone and learn how to play that and join a band as a saxophone player. You know, that's not his instrument, but he'll do it because he just wants to learn and enjoy doing something new. And I think there's something really liberating about that. Uh, so that for me is a, is a real takeaway that, you know, enjoy doing things for the sake of it as opposed to doing mm-hmm. it because you think it could lead to something else just do things because you enjoy yeah. doing them yeah 100 percent. i think once you let go of 
those sorts of things it's so much easier to enjoy what you're doing yeah like, definitely I have, a, I have a day job that does not require my degree um you know technically neither does the podcast i think it does help in the way that we can converse yeah. about things um but you know i'm having a very good time really enjoy what i do <laughs> yes. i enjoy doing the podcast you know my day job allows me to do this i'm yeah. living a life that i enjoy and i don't really care if other people are like oh you could with that degree you could work in hr and get paid 40k a year i'm like great yeah. i'll yeah. have 40k and, and not be having as yeah. much fun you know absolutely absolutely yeah i was talking to a uh, another colleague uh yesterday and, and he was saying how you know it, it he just doesn't enjoy his job at all mm-hmm. you know he, he, it, there's so much politics involved in it mm-hmm. and you've got to you know you've got to put up with all the nonsense that goes along with it the actual job itself is all right but it's all the stuff mm-hmm. that goes around it and you think well you know it's, it's that is that what we want? I know you have to earn a living, so that's the hard bit. But yeah. uh, but sometimes, yeah, you have to question yourself: what what am I doing it for? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. I think we've done a good job on Whiplash. I don't know. Um, like I said, we've we've kind of said tentatively it's a bit cult like, but we're not going to call yeah. it officially a cult because. You know, well, I guess just before we we go, maybe we should, if we're going to say it's not a cult, we should we should give the reasons why we don't think it is because it's ticked so many boxes that's true well i suppose because um hmm, i suppose not i don't know why is it not one i think uh, i think for me the one thing that's missing um that you generally get in cults is is the clear deception mm-hmm. uh both at the beginning and throughout i i think Whilst whilst he does use deception, Fletcher does obviously manipulate make himself um, out to be kind of yeah, of that's right. Mm. But I think he's, I think you know what Fletcher is, and mm. you know there isn't a veil. It's not he's like he's saying of what he's doing exactly. He? It's not like he's saying you know, um, come and uh, come and do this because you'll you'll have a wonderful life and everything will be great, uh, and then he's making life miserable for them. I think mm. I think they know. Uh, they're going into their it with their eyes fairly open mm-hmm. um but that's that's possibly the the only area where i would say perhaps means it's not it's not quite a cult the level of control you know it, it's it, it they still have a life outside of that um although you know as we said i think that, that does get restricted because of the demands of of both the the, the group and, and of course mm-hmm. Fletcher himself so yeah it, it's probably on the scale you know I think what this does probably it makes us think you know the word cult and I've talked about this before is perhaps not that useful what really matters here is that there are coercive uh, relationships he's a coercive bully and mm. he's using manipulation to to get what he wants out of these individuals um and ultimately, it's not necessarily for their own benefit. No. Although one or two of them might obviously um, make it. Um, it has such an attrition rate. You think about all mm-hmm. the people that either don't make it or suffer mentally because of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it's it, let's let's call it. It's on that spectrum. But the most important thing about it is the coercive yeah. relationships that are that are demonstrated there which mm-hmm. are definitely used in cults mm-hmm. 
Cool. Well, anyway, if you haven't seen the film, um, to our listeners, um, recommend you do. I think you, you could still enjoy that, given it. what we've talked I, I about. Think so. I don't think you like. It's not one of no. those films that's ruined by knowing a few bits. I don't think so. And the um, other thing it's is, so atmospheric. The music. The music yeah. is fabulous. Um, I've got Listen the soundtrack. To either your big headphones oh. or, um, or a speaker system. You've got a like superb. I wish that I'd seen it at the cinema, but it was one of those yeah. ones that was very limited release because you know it was his first. Um, movie, I guess, right. and it wasn't. It's not yeah. a typical blockbuster it's thing. It's not. But sometimes movie cinemas do put on older films. Sometimes, especially in like London, like bigger cities, they do these. It might, it might come on. We need to look so out for it. We'll keep our eyes out. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, when I first heard about it, it was reviewed on Simon Mayo and Mark Kermode's yeah. film, show on the BBC, which is available as a podcast, so you can catch that I if you want to um and camo described it as um rocky on drums yeah well it's um you know what else is interesting the director described it as a thriller yeah. based on like kind of 70s 80s thriller setups oh, so that level of tension and like yeah psychology and then also he was like it's almost like a love story between fletcher and neiman which is oh, interesting right. <laughs> yeah, it's like a twisted one, but, but yeah. using those formats, which is interesting. So maybe have that Very. in mind when you watch it next yeah. time. Yeah, great. Well, thank you very much. Um, is there any messages we want to give out? Um, I'm just thinking, is there anything we need to, well, to say? Well, I would always like to say, please do a Apple review. Um, yes. It's very much appreciated. Um it really, really helps us grow. We're actually so, 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 so close to getting in the top 10% of podcasts. Yeah. So if you could do that, it would be amazing. So if you could share it to somebody, um, you know, if, if literally, if, if everybody um, shared it and even like what, like 20% of people followed through and and, lis- and got a friend to, to listen to it, we'd be in that top 10% yeah um so go on be part of it <laughs> yeah that that would be great um growing the podcast is um incredibly hard work it really is um i suppose the, the other thing i want to say which just moving on from from please yes do please uh leave a comment and um mm-hmm. particularly on the apple feedback bits that's really important it does a lot of um, yeah of course, why, become it a patron as well if you want to for just a pound a, a month yeah. um which is great the other, the other thing, sorry, the other thing that I wanted to just mention is that I tried out, Celine, I don't think I've even told you this, I tried out Spaces. Oh, yeah. I had a go. So I, I just, so. um, yeah, it was really good. Uh, got about six or seven people uh, chatting. Mm-hmm. Not everybody spoke. Um, I think three three or four of us spoke. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I, I had the theme of how cults motivate their members. Mm. Um, so that was really interesting. We had um, Ryan David Tuttle, who was uh, a former guest. He mm-hmm. he, he uh, joined in. That was lovely to to talk to Ryan, and um, then one or two other people. Really interesting, actually. A couple of people awesome. from cults and groups. So, so I that guess was keep an eye out for when that happens again. Yeah. You can get involved. Live. Yeah, spaces on Twitter. Um, I'll I'll give you a little bit of warning, and then I'll just jump on it and see how that works. So mm-hmm. so yeah, that means you can sort of ask questions and put your points of view forward and uh, awesome. yeah clearly 
Uh, and that was a bit of a trial. So once I start doing it for real, we can start to include some mm-hmm. of your comments in the podcast, which might awesome. be really interesting. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you guys. Great. Well, thank you very much for listening. Um, and we'll see you again on What Should I Think About? Bye. Bye. What Should I Think About is an Evil Sheep production. <laughs>